An ancient golden ring, lost but now found. No, this isn't something from J.R.R. Tolkien's classic book, The Lord of the Rings. I'm talking about something real. The Israel Antiquities Authority has discovered an ancient symbol of Jesus. Found in the Mediterranean Sea, this golden ring is in the shape of an octagon. It was lost in a shipwreck over 1,600 years ago. Pressed into the ring is a green gemstone, and on the gemstone is an image, a young shepherd boy wearing a Roman tunic and carrying a sheep on his shoulders. It seems this is an ancient depiction of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. We can't know much about the owner. All we can say is that he or she was probably a Roman and part of Christ's flock. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. And those who trust in his name are united to him. And unlike this ring, that union can never be lost. Welcome to Haven Today here on Monday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're launching a new series this week that I really want you to hear. We're calling it The Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. Some say these days in January are the most depressing time of the year. They calculate that the lack of light in the Northern Hemisphere, the distance from last month's holiday fun with family and friends, the arrival of credit card bills from Christmas, along with a few other variables, make it a week of sadness. Not to mention, 2022 has started off with a lot of bad news all over the world. We need hope. And we also need light. And that's what we're all about here at Haven Today. In a moment, we're going to be joined by my friend, pastor and author Dane Ortland. He's the grandson of my predecessor, the late Ray Ortland. Dane will be joining us today to share about his latest book called Deeper, Real Change for Real Sinners. And it's his desire to help all of us understand how we can grow closer to Jesus. Christianity, real spirituality, is not simply believing rightly with your head nor simply behaving rightly with your hands, nor simply feeling rightly with your heart. But all three are involved, but it's actually a union of your soul with God. Union with our soul with God. What Dane just said is so true. We know it's so important to draw closer to Jesus, but how do we do that? Well, that's the question Dane Ortland asked, and in a few moments, he'll answer it for us. So stay with me as we'll hear more from Dane and seek to warm our hearts here in January with the light of the gospel in Jesus Christ. After the program, I'll invite you to support this Christ-centered radio program by making a gift to the ministry. And as our thank you, we'll send you Dane Ortland's new book or the audio book called Deeper, Real Change for Real Sinners. So call us after the program at 800 654 865 Haven. Or visit our website, read a sample chapter from the book, or listen to a few minutes of Dane reading from his new book. You can do that and make a gift when you visit haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And not to forget, it's still not too late to start reading through the Bible with me in 90 days. Sign up for the free weekly reading plan or make a gift for the Bible which helps you see where to start and stop each day. Now, let's get started with a song that was written in 1875 by a man who once despaired of life, 
until he met Jesus. And after that, Samuel Trevor Francis went on to write many hymns about his Savior like this one, The Deep, Deep Love of Jesus, sung for us on this haven today by Selah.
Welcome to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and we are going to Chicago in the wintertime. A good friend of mine, uh, I always think I'm talking to his late grandfather whenever I meet with Dane Ortland, who is a pastor now outside Wheaton in the western suburbs, but uh, he was with Crossway Books, and he was in charge of the ESV Bible for a number of years. Dane, my brother in Christ, welcome back to the program. Charles, it is always a joy to speak with you. Thank you, brother. And nobody else but me gets to say you sound exactly like your grandfather. And, and, and of course, you sound like your dad, too, you know, who uh, inherited uh, the same vocal cords, I guess, genetically. I don't know. Well, anyway, here we are. It's middle January. A lot of people are beginning to feel very down, very depressed. We've been encouraging people to read the Bible all the way through with us. In fact, I've been encouraging people that listen to this program to do it with me in 90 days, which is what I'm doing right now. But let's start our time together going back. You have a new book out. We'll tell people about that book. But let's go way back to a book that had a profound impact on the great evangelist George Whitfield, but then on you as a pastor now in Chicago. So Tell me about this book, Henry Skugel. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Yeah, Henry Skugel, The Life of God in the Soul of Man is the title of the book. Really, it was a letter, Charles, that Skugel wrote the year before he died, and he died when he was 29. So uh, back in the 1600s, a letter to a discouraged friend who wasn't getting any traction in in his walk with God. And Skugel wrote this book, and uh, yeah, George Whitfield, the famous evangelist, got a hold of it uh, in the next century and said something like, I never knew what real Christianity was till I read this <laughs> excellent treatise. <laughs> and the point of the book is simply that um, authentic Christianity, real spirituality, is not simply believing rightly with your head, nor simply behaving rightly with your hands, nor simply feeling rightly with your heart. <laughs> but all three are involved, but it's right. actually a union of your soul with God, and that anything less than that is like trying to water the branches of the tree instead of the root. So that's the point of the book. It's wonderful. Mm. Now, I hope everyone listening will begin to click with us on this. I've met Christians before who had all their, you know, T's crossed and I's dotted correctly, and and, uh, they had read the Bible many times, and they could answer just about any question. And yet these three areas that you just outlined that impacted George Whitfield and obviously impacted you, how does this flow into our Christian life? You're right, Charles. Uh, crossing our T's and dotting our I's doctrinally, theologically matters, matters tremendously. Yes. But it's, uh, so it's necessary, but not sufficient. We need it, but it's not enough. What we want, we, what we want is life. What we want is, mm. is, is vitality. Uh, radiance. And, um, and actually, we can believe rightly or behave differently by just for- gutting our way through it, or mm-hmm. even, you know, pursuing sensory experience in corporate gathered worship or something. And all, all that's great. That's good. Wonderful. But you could do any of that um, without actually growing on the inside. So what we want, what we want to do, I mean, the point of this book that we're talking about today is simply what we want is to see Jesus, with what Ephesians 1 calls as the eyes of our heart. We want to see Christ. And then actually, growth 
change, transformation floats in the back door <laughs> when we're not even really looking. If we look at change, we are looking at ourselves. If we look at Christ, we are lifting our eyes off of ourselves and looking at him and change comes in the back. That's my fundamental understanding from the scripture of how we grow as believers. So what I hear you saying is just quit trying, but then don't do, it will happen. But how does it happen? Yeah, well, y- yes and no. I mean, I, I would say growth. First of all, Charles, I want to say this is nothing formulaic or mechanical that we're talking about. We're talking about growing right. in Christ. How do you or right. I as a believer, how does someone united to Christ actually begin to grow and get transformed? And I don't want to be simplistic. I understand we're all wired differently. I understand we all have different families we grew up in, etc. But I, what I want to say, brother, is our growth is a matter of melting, not crowbar. Uh, we are not saying that there's no effort. I mean, spiritual perspiration, if I can put it that way reverently, <laughs> is all over the New Testament. I labor, struggling with all his energy, Colossians 1. I worked harder than any of them, 1 Corinthians 15. Yes, yes and amen. But it's not, uh, how can we say this? My, my effort is not the core engine of my growth. It's a steering wheel. Or how could we say my, uh, uh, how about this? It is clear from the New Testament that we do exert ourselves in growing. Okay, but it's not the case that we grow in the same way that Benjamin Franklin tried to grow in Mm. morality, where he listed out 13 virtues, temperance, Mm -hmm. frugality, industry, cleanliness, chastity, etc. And then what he did is, I'm going to knock this one out on the list this week. And once I have that one down, I'll move on to number two next week. At the end of a period of time, I've got all these 13 virtues. Perfectly I'm perfect. Perfectly. Yes, that's right. And of course, we know he was a fool. You know? He was. <laughs> uh, he, never, he never mastered any of those that he listed right. on that list, did he? Right. Well, if you just joined us, you're listening to Haven Today, uh, Dr. Dane Ortland, a pastor in western Chicago suburbs, is with us. He's been on the program before, and he's got a new book out. And the book is called Deeper, Real Change for Real Sinners. Dane, we, we, we're having you on because I need to grow in Christ, and I think everybody listening to this program, whether they've never met Christ or whether they've already met Christ, needs to grow in Christ. Yeah. Talk to me about that, but then there's something you do in your new book where you go back to this, this, this doctrine that is justification, and you take growing in Christ and take us back again to justification. Yeah. Yeah. Well, justification is a glorious doctrine. It's a big, long word, but it's a glorious doctrine that just means that we are we are free to leave the courtroom. God has brought his gavel down. And Charles Morris and Dane Ortland and every listener who's in Christ is in a black and white, irreversible, undentable way, totally forgiven, acquitted, innocent, righteous. We're free. Okay, we're not guilty. Now, that's the message that we heard in the, in the good news of the gospel that got us into the Christian life. But a mistake that many of us can make is letting that recede into the background of our mental horizon as we seek now to get down to the hard work of sanctification and growing in Christ. But actually, the New Testament all over the place has the apostles talking to Christians 
about the good news and about justification. And I just want to say briefly here as we're talking, Charles, that one vital, central, key way that we grow as believers is by waking up every morning and with our coffee and a Bible, remembering that we are totally not guilty. We are innocent. We are righteous because Christ paid the penalty on our behalf. And we are now robed in his own white robes of righteousness. And no matter how I sin today, it cannot affect Hmm. or stain that righteousness that I am robed in. And as I am aware of that and wondering at that and surprised at that, actually, that's one of the key things that fosters growth and transformation from the inside out. Hmm. Better than any systematic theologian that I've had explained <laughs> that before. Well, it's just real Christian living. Yes. It's, it's, it's getting a hold of what Christ meant, yes. I guess, in saying abide in me, you know? Yes, that's it. Yeah, well, exactly. Let me just throw something out that really struck me in this in this book that, that has just been out now a couple of months or so. A famous New Testament scholar once told me, too many Christians— are binitarian. I don't think that's a real word, but that's the word he used. And by that, um, he meant we talk about God the Father, we emphasize God the Father, God the Son, but where does God the Spirit fit into our lives? Now, this famous New Testament scholar was himself charismatic, but he was not talking about speaking in tongues. So I start reading your book, and all of a sudden, you start talking to me about my need for the Holy Spirit. How do we handle, and now I'm sounding doctrinal, and I don't want to be doctrinal. This is life-changing. Let's let's put the three together here. Do that for me as you did in the book. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Charles. I've been on this journey as well um, in growing out of an underappreciation of the Holy Spirit. The Father plans salvation. The Son accomplishes salvation. The Spirit applies salvation. Now, that's kind of just, that's textbook language. Yes, okay? yes, that, yes. That's true. But here's what it means. There is no salvation for me or for you or for any listener if there is only a father and a son and not a Holy Spirit, because then the the salvation is not actually getting to me. It's not getting into me. It's how I experience it. Here's Here's an analogy. Let's say that I'm standing before the Swiss Alps and all their majestic grandeur, Um, but I'm blind. I've been blind since birth. Now, objectively, those Alps on that sunny, snowy day are unspeakably magnificent. That is objectively true but I'm not experiencing it. (laughs) So if the Holy Spirit came along, so to speak, and opened my eyes and performed that miracle and I saw them, then I would be enjoying and experience experiencing that uh, that glory. Now that's just a faint mm. image of what we're mm. talking about. The Holy Spirit is what opens our eyes and lets us enjoy, taste, and see that the Lord is good. Mm. And that's what I need. That's what we need this year. I could read the Bible through forever, but apart from understanding um, Christ in me, well, it is experiential. It's not just knowledge. It is experiential. It's it's living out and then reflecting that glory, that light of Christ to others as well. Well, Dane Orland, we could go on a long time. But before we go, Dane, do you just mind asking that the Lord would help me to live my Christian life deeper 
and everybody who's joined us for this conversation. Oh, absolutely. Only if I can include myself in that same need of prayer, Charles. Let's pray together, friends. Our Father in heaven, we open our hearts to you right now, wherever any of us is at, wherever we are listening, wherever we are in in the true state of our soul, where we are numb or bored or exhausted or fried or at our wits end or discouraged or stuck in sin. And we ask that by, by your Holy Spirit, you would enable each one of us more deeply than ever in 2022 to note the unsearchable riches of Christ, as Ephesians 3 says, the this, the riches of Christ that we will never hit bottom on, <laughs> but which we will dive into for all eternity. And we get to begin wading into that glorious reality. Now, let us see the beauty and the wonder of the endless mercy of Jesus Christ for sinners and sufferers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dane, thank you so much for joining me here on the program today. It's been great having you back, and uh, I think this is your best book yet. I really appreciate that, Charles. I always, always enjoy talking with you, brother. God bless you. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I seek for when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. Keith Green, 
And oh, Lord, you're beautiful here on this Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, and I'm so grateful that we got to spend time with Dane Ortland today. Just like his grandfather, the late Ray Ortland, who was the speaker on this program before me, Dane is a true encourager. He even sounds like his grandfather. And when you read his new book, Deeper, Real Change for Real Sinners, I know you'll be encouraged as well. He'll help you better understand how true Christianity is not just about having the right beliefs and behaviors. These are important. But the Christian life is about the union of your soul with Jesus. Now, this is the message every Christian needs, especially me, but I think also you. I can't wait for you to get your copy of Deeper, Real Change for Real Sinners. We have the book or the audio book read by Dane for your gift to the ministry today. So why don't you call us right now at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN, or visit our website at haventoday.org. And there you can read a sample chapter, listen to a clip from the audio book, and watch a short video where Dane talks more about our union with Christ. And then you can make your gift and ask for the book or the audiobook at haventoday.org. And remember, you can still sign up for our free weekly Bible reading plan on our website that'll take you through all the scriptures in 90 days. Or you can make a gift for the special Bible which helps you see where to start and end each day. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time, when again we will share together the great story and grow deeper in Christ, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Who is the one person you would give anything to meet? Maybe a celebrity? Maybe a historical figure? In the first century, there was a man named Simeon. He had waited his whole life to see the Messiah. He was very old, but the Holy Spirit revealed to him that before he died, he would see the Messiah. And then in Luke 2, it happened. Simeon held the baby Jesus in his arms. There's nothing wrong with you and me wanting to meet someone famous, but hopefully there's no greater longing in our hearts than wanting to see the Messiah, Jesus, face to face. As Titus 2 tells us, we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I wonder how our lives might be different if we thought about that every day. Get Anchor Devotional in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.